Hi, everybody, and welcome. Brilliant stuff. Right, uh, I'm going to start off for once with this podcast with a bit of housekeeping. Uh, James Mulvaney is here to talk about building a podcast audience. Thank you for turning up, James. No problem. Great to be here. From Thanks what for having me. Well, from what I understand, you didn't just turn up. I actually invited you. That was my mistake. I think people just turn up, but they don't. Um, so, brilliant start. Uh, I'm I, My podcast before was, I'm going to explain it to you, James. My podcast yeah. before, I was doing conferences, pitching up at conferences, grabbing people and saying, let's do a, have a conversation, record it for the podcast about whatever your favorite topic is. Mm. And that was working really well. Uh, but obviously the last couple of months hasn't been too possible. And I've now kind of accepted that uh, reality that I won't be able to do that again for quite a long time. So I'm trying to yeah. move it online, live streaming, podcasting. I thought this was a, a unique hybrid, but you told me you've been doing this for years. Well, I've been doing these uh, live streams since start of this year. Um, uh, but we have tried live streams. Maybe the first one we did was a Facebook one about three, four years ago for, for our radio.co audience. Um, and we've done a, we've done a few since. Yeah. So I think live streams, webinars, they're great. And I think that the tools like we're using today, StreamYard, are fantastic. It makes it much more interactive and it makes it really, yeah. you know, interesting for people to kind of pitch in and, and kind of get, get involved with the conversation. Yeah. It, well, yeah. So what you're telling me is I'm late to the party. Uh, four years late to the party, better late than never. Let's get on with it. Um, I'm, I'm now basically what I did was said, right, I can't go to these events. I've invented an event, invented an event. That sounds cool. Uh, Cali Cube Tuesdays and it's every Tuesday. And because I don't think I can get the guests to turn up at a specific time every Tuesday, they choose the time, they choose the topic. And then we yep. do this kind of flash mob thing. Um, hopefully that works out. Uh -huh. um, I'm in the south of France, where it's nice and sunny. You're in the UK. Everybody who's watching, tell us where you are. Welcome. Uh, post your comments. Ask your questions. I'll see if I can fit them in, although I'm having trouble reading my screen, which is now quite a long way away from me. Get ready for a great conversation. And now, James, I'm going to tell you something that I didn't tell you before. You're part of a massive, wonderful, exciting experiment. Right. Um, it's an experiment I'm doing with WordLift, uh, who are a company who build mini knowledge graphs. Basically, what they do is they take your content and they build a knowledge graph with it to feed it to Google in a format that Google can easily understand and use. Um, and they use Schema Markup to do that. Mm. And the podcast, what we've done is we've taken a podcast and we've turned it into what they call an entity-based content model. And that just means that you take all the content, you find what the pillar is. In this case, it's the podcast series. And then you attach all the entities to it. So you've got podcast series with podcast episodes with guests with topics, with events before. Now we've got the CaliCube Tuesday event. Mm -hmm. And all of that using schema markup wrapped up and fed to Google in a way that Google can digest and use incredibly easily. Now that was maybe not the best explanation. If you want to learn, anybody wants to learn more about it, go to wordlift.io. And they explain incredibly well and they're a super smart bunch of people. Well worth reading their blog, well worth listening to them. So that's all the housekeeping out of the way. That took a couple of minutes. Now, James, you get the second surprise, which is a quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, James Mulvaney. <laughs> How are you right. okay. oh, Off we go then. So yeah. uh, we're really here to talk about building an audience. Now, I think, first of all, what be interesting... Sorry, can I ask a question? Yeah. Are you interviewing me here? I don't know. 
That would be fun. Go on, off you go. <laughs> we're here to talk about podcasting. I I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm baffled as to the format, to be honest. We're here to talk <laughs> podcasting, growing an audience, and uh, and and basically, you know, it, it, I suppose the title of the, the thing was, I've got a podcast, but no one's listening. So um, let's start by talking about, you know, what you can actually start doing to, to get listeners to your podcast. Sound, right, sound okay. good? Yeah. yeah, no, great. Well, what I've actually been doing so far is just talking to people about things I find interesting for the podcast episode and then pushing it out there and suggesting to people that they might find the subject interesting too. Mm. And that's about as far as it went. Now, okay. what should I have been doing? What, what more should I have done rather than just expect people to pitch up, be interested and think it's as groovy as I do? Well, have you been pushing it to, to all of your major, you know, your, your standards sort of outlets? Have you got a marketing list that you've been sending out to? Have you been pushing out on social media? Yeah, yeah I've pushed out on Twitter, pushed out on Facebook, and pushed out on LinkedIn. Uh, I've got my emailing list, people who subscribe, and I've mm. got, uh, I, I use Blueberry for the, the hosting platform thingy. Uh, yeah. And then they push it out onto all the things like Google and Apple. But I actually don't get much traction from from Spotify, Google, and Apple. What am mm. I doing wrong there? Well, I think, you know, firstly, what I always say to someone who's starting a podcast is um, start with kind of building a really solid concept. You know, think about your audience. Think about, you know, what you, what you want to achieve from it as a business. You know, there's three different ways businesses can use podcasts. Firstly, is, is generating leads, you know, outreach, trying to find new customers. The second is obviously engaging with existing customers. That could be educational, that sort of thing. And then for larger companies, um, using them as an internal comms tool as well is becoming more and more popular. It's a little bit more of an engaging format than, say, sending out a, a newsletter or an email. Um, so right. firstly, you know, I think the, the, the first thing to start off with, if you're going to be doing a podcast for commercial reasons versus just talking about cats or making cupcakes uh right. you know it, it, that's that's it's just establishing exactly what you want to do with it and the results how are you going to measure your kpi effectively okay yeah so my kpi are that other people find it fun and that's not a great kpi is it there's no business <laughs> value there no i think uh you know again one of the one of the things you want to be doing as a business is trying to track measure success by having some kind of call to action in your podcast. I always think it's quite straightforward to do. You can either set Ooh. up a custom domain. In that case, yeah. my call to action, buy now. Everybody yeah. buy, 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 lots of things. Is that about right? I think, no, I think you need to be more specific. I think, you know, you need to be <laughs> giving away, either getting people to, to take an action. So it might be if you're selling a software product, it might be booking a demo, or it could be downloading, you know, some kind of lead magnet, a free report or a video course or something like that that, you know, if someone's coming into the podcast cold, easy, they haven't come across you in your business before, you know, how are they actually going to it, then it, then sort of start on that journey with your company? You, okay. you know, I think it's too easy just for someone to listen to the podcast and then just buzz off. You want to try and capture them whilst they're there. And having a call to action is is the kind of the easiest way of doing that. And also you, then you can measure success, can't you? Yeah, no, sure. Sorry, we just had a comment from David Bain saying uh, that I'm the only person who uses a green screen to have green behind me. Uh, and I did think about that, but I actually tried loads of colours. I tried pink and yellow and blue and purple, and I ended up that green looked the best because I wanted to show this logo off, which is my call to action. It's all about your brand SERP. My call to action is I want people to start talking about brand SERPs. What turns up, what appears when somebody searches your brand name or your personal brand name? Um, and this is my kind of, uh, my big go-to thing in 2020. And then my whole business model is built on that 
I'm the brand yeah. SERP guy and the person that people come and see when they've got a problem with their brand SERP or they want to make it look better. How does that sound, James? Have I thought this through? Yeah, I think so. But also, what is a brand SERP? Someone Brilliant. who's coming in. Yeah, that's, that's my question. What's a, what's brand SERP mean? It's what appears when somebody searches your brand name. Now, I searched your name earlier on, James, yeah. and it, it looks okay. Uh, but then it doesn't have the knowledge panel on the right-hand side, a knowledge panel showing who you are and what you do, and it makes you look impressive. A lot of brands don't have a lot of people have that sorry a lot of people don't so Brancer is in my uh, parlance your new business card when I talk to you offline I sell you my product I say isn't it amazing you you'll go wow this guy's great I really want to buy his products but what do they do they search my name or my brand name as soon as they get home and what appears affects the way you think about me and however well I sold it to you face to face if my brand serves rubbish you're going to lose interest Right, okay. So it's the little more info box on Google. No, it's the whole page. It's the all the page. blue links. It's the videos that appear. You don't have videos. I do. Now we can have a competition going on here. Yeah. Um, it's the images that appear. It's the knowledge panel on the right-hand side that says who you are. And mm. it's your, is your own site ranking top? In fact, your company sites are ranking near the top, podcast.co, radio.co, and matchmaker.fm. So your profile page will rank. So the idea is you want to control that. You want to make sure that the information that's being shown is information that's accurate, relevant, and positive about you. Mm. I see. So, have go. you ever thought about this before? It's Yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm aware of. Uh, it's it's a term that I wouldn't be necessarily familiar with. Um, you know, obviously, we, you know, you have the Google business listing, don't you? Yeah. Um, which, you know, you have for, for your brands. I've never actually thought about having one for me myself which is something that, you know, perhaps I should consider. Well, I mean, I think kind of a lot of people, we naturally now just search the name of the person or the brand that we're thinking yeah. about doing business with. And that brand SERP, what appears when somebody Googles your brand name, uh, yeah. does affect greatly what we think about that brand. Because if it is positive, we feel much better about it. And the knowledge panel on the right, the info box that you call, mm. um, is an important indicator that Google f understands you and thinks that you're important. And it looks impressive. I so, I mean, for your companies, I didn't actually look them up. Now, back to podcasting. You've got three companies. Uh, Isn't yeah. that too, too many? <laughs> it's, it, well, well, technically two companies. One has two different products or two, two different service offerings, yeah. Uh, so Radio.co, which is a, a live streaming platform for, for the broadcast industry. We power about 4,500 different radio stations all around the world. Um, Podcast.co, which is a platform aimed at uh, podcasters. It makes it really straightforward and easy to start a podcast. And then matchmaker.fm, which we bill like a dating service, Tinder for podcasters. Yeah. I've just realized you run podcast.co and I chose Blueberry. So I actually just mentioned your fiercest rival. One of our competitors. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is again, you know, one of the reasons we've launched Matchmaker because we kind of need a way of standing out in the marketplace, what is quite a crowded space, but also what is quite... Um, you know, a growing industry and, and quite an exciting space to be in at the moment. So, um, we, but but the, but that's the thing. You know, we 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 sort of look, sat down last summer and looked at, you know, how else could we deliver value? But versus, you know, ver instead of what our competition are doing, which is just here's a podcast hosting platform, which there are several of now. Um, yeah. You know, what else could we do to kind of encourage interactivity and really cause engagement for potential customers? Yeah, I mean, it got me on. Too. I mean, you got you got me onto it, and it's got you on this show. And you actually, yeah. a couple of the guests coming up came through Matchmaker.fm. I found the name a little bit troublesome. 
Um, <laughs> but I've got really? used to it and I'm fine. Yeah, but I'm, I'm old, so kind of going to matchmaker.fm really does feel like something I'm going to be doing in the next couple of years as my <laughs> life winds down into sad loneliness. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's... it's uh... It, this is this thing it's a bit tongue in, tongue in cheek it's it's meant to be like tinder for podcasters but actually really it's just a platform to connect podcasters and potential guests interesting one of the things that we found is we're getting a lot of signups from podcast.co from matchmaker because a lot of people who are going on to podcasters guests perhaps don't have their podcast yet themselves but mm. they're actually thinking of starting yeah. one so it's a fantastic source of leads for us yeah well, and what i saw is that people sign up and you can sign up as a guest and then kind yep. of pitch yourself out to be, be a guest and you're going through 30 uh podcast guest appearances in a month and you say you're now doing more it, sorry yeah. the question wasn't that because i know all about that but is that to build up audience for your own podcast or to help your companies or just because you think it's fun for the for the thirty and thirty challenge, well, there's there's a couple of different reasons. Firstly, we are trying to build more awareness of Matchmaker, the platform, because um, it has a very broad appeal for people listening to podcasts who want to be featured as guests. Anyone from entrepreneurs to founders, industry experts in certain fields, people who have just written books, uh, people who work within companies doing interesting things. It's po- appearing on podcasts is a great way to raise awareness of your personal brand. I think. Um, so, so that's one of the reasons I'm doing it. Not only to, and they might it. even rank on your brand SERP, which means when somebody searches yeah. your your name, it ranks, and you look like you're really impressive because you've been on this. You've been on James Mulvaney's Groovy podcast. Yeah, and and also building backlinks as well. Whenever you're featured on a podcast, generally speaking, the podcaster will link to your website. Fantastic way of building loads of backlinks really quickly so I, as well. Well, you've, you've got the backlinks. I mean, I've found that over the last year and a bit, I've been doing the podcast and I get backlinks yeah. very regularly just from the fact that people have been interested in what it's been talking about yeah. and from yeah. the guests and from the people listening. And then this new uh, entity-based content model that I'm doing with WordLift has brought other advantages, which is by latching everything onto this podcast series, I've managed to, A, get podcast boxes on my brand SERP, mm-hmm. but also getting presence in... Uh, the SERPs, both the blue links on people's names, blue links within the topics we're talking about, but also um, elements uh, such as images. My, my images rank really well across the board, and it's been really valuable from an SEO perspective without necessarily bringing me directly any business. Interesting. Yeah, just by appearing on podcasts. No, by having my own podcast. My next oh, step is yeah. I'm going to go a matchmaker and get on other people's podcasts. Yeah, I think, I think you know, if you could do both, that's great. You know, it's... Uh, it's very simple to get booked on podcasts with Matchmaker. Um, as I say, setting yourself a challenge to do thirteen thirty. I wouldn't. I would say it's quite a stretch. It, you know, it does. It's quite time consuming, uh, very intense, but it's been very enjoyable as well. And you've repeated yourself incessantly thirty times in a row. I've, yeah, I mean, I've tried to try try and keep it sort of unique. And one of the strategies um, that I've used is is by kind of categorizing th- podcasts into three different sort of areas. So one is podcasts are focused on sort of entrepreneurship and sort of business uh, one is more marketing and sales type podcasts and the third is more like personal development um and that that sort of thing all oh, right so, which, which one does this fall into uh i guess we should probably in marketing all uh, oh, right you, you didn't think business. about it beforehand well yes we probably put it yeah it's probably I, I don't know we, so i've got a spreadsheet with three different tabs and we have a list of uh, you know eff- effectively prospects of people we've contacted um to you know to, to sort of get on the podcast split into those three categories and you know you it doesn't have to necessarily be limited to those categories you might be an expert in food for example or sports or nutrition um but you know there's always going to be crossover between different categories uh, and yeah. what your area of expertise is i think 
Yeah, okay, brilliant. So Dom's just asked about YouTube. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do now is mm. I've taken a podcast which was just audio for a year, then I started making video, then I got my feet cut off by everyone getting into lockdown, and I'm now pushing it out to, onto YouTube. Um, what do you think of his question? I mean, pushing yeah. it onto YouTube, good idea? I think it's a great States. idea. I think if you get if you can record video from your podcast, either if, if it's just you or ideally if it's you and the guest, um, try and push out the full episode as a YouTube clip, but also think about repurposing content. So, you know, be taking out those golden nuggets of information, those kind of uh, aha moments uh, from what the guests are saying and, and publishing those as short form clips to Instagram, to LinkedIn, that kind of thing. So, yes, video, I think, is crucial when you're doing podcasting nowadays. Yeah, well, well, kind of doing that, I always kind of get the feeling I'm doing lots of work to cut it into little clips and then push it out there for very little yeah. return because there's very little engagement on social media. Or maybe that's just me. Is that a way to build audience? It, I mean, it, you know, I think it depends, doesn't it? It's um, There are people who have lots of engagement on social media. It does take work and it does take time. You've got to keep at it and be consistent at what you're pushing out. Um, I think LinkedIn is currently the best for organic engagement in terms of facebook a few years ago you could post content on your facebook page and you get engagement nowadays you have to really pay to actually get that momentum on facebook they want your money they want your ad spend yeah. so linkedin is still a great way of actually causing organic engagement um you know if you post content that's genuinely interesting to people i find that they will engage but also think about you know for, for linkedin you've got to make sure you're actually constantly connecting with people don't just sit. I used to just sit there on LinkedIn and wait for people to, to connect with me. And they'd all they'd always be either recruitment firms, um, offshore development houses, or I don't know, just random people trying to sell me something or other. Uh, now I'm very focused. I have a specific outreach strategy of, of connecting, say, with podcasters, people who've got podcasts themselves, people who want to be on podcasts. You know, to make sure that the audience I'm connecting with is, is going to be, you know, uh, uh, the content I'm posting is going to be relevant to that audience. Right, okay. And I was talking to Craig Campbell, who said he used to get up every morning, the first half an hour of his work was connecting with people and finding yeah. followers. And doing, Is that what you do? Every morning you get up and you go, right, who are we going to connect to today uh, on well, LinkedIn? Yes, kind of. Uh, there is a um, few tools. I use something called Octopus CRM, which is pretty oh, hold good. Hold on, write that down. Yeah, Octopus CRM. And, uh, you know, it's a really good way of um, managing your connection requests so you can effectively, yeah, you have to be careful that it's not, you know, it's kind of verging on spammy sometimes. You're not trying to add thousands of people. But if you're just doing focused outreach, you know, basically you can you can do searches for people who you think might be relevant or interesting or interested in your content and, and you know, send out a bunch of connection requests automatically. You can be clever about the message to make it sort of sound like you're going to, personalizing it to some extent um and you know i found that's been a really useful valuable tool for me to, to sort of increase Brilliant. the number of connections i've got on linkedin and so i mean if i were to summarize with what you've said basically you're, you're saying you're building the audience around your your own person persona you're yeah, saying yeah, yeah. i'm out there and my podcast is a representation of me yes yeah i think um it's interesting because when i first launched my companies a few years back uh, yeah, and I had, before I had Radio.co, I had another service provider called Wave Streaming. I was very much in front of a camera all the time, creating video content and, and sort of being at the forefront of it. Then, as as the company grew and we started hiring more members of the team, you know, I took myself back from that and I kind of put that more in the team's hands and let them kind of create video content and then, then be a bit more the face of the company, if that makes sense. Over the last year, I've changed it so I've been the one really. Um, 
pushing content, but instead of pushing on the company channels, I've been doing it as me on my own channel. So I think, you know, it's good to have yeah. that kind of cross. Some people buy, some people prefer to buy from people and some people don't mind buying from brands. Right. But I think if you can kind of get both, that's really, really good. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I mean, I, so I'm trying to do that with CaliCube and my own name. And it yeah. was Deepak Shukla last year who I interviewed at Digital Olympus about personal branding. And he said, stop being ashamed about pushing yourself out there because yeah. if, I mean, somebody like Rand Fishkin, he gives Rand Fishkin as a great example, is whatever you then build afterwards has got this immediate head start by your own persona. Yeah, yeah. If you can get your audience. And it's just about thinking about who that audience is as well you've got to because obviously i have podcast and radio they are there's some crossover between those two different markets but actually they are separate audiences as well so you know i try and push out content that appeals to both of them and then also some content that's more kind of talking about businessy behind the scenes stuff you know my experiences as an entrepreneur etc well in that case my question is philosophically speaking what is the difference between the podcast person audience and the radio person audience I mean, they just have different, um, I guess, different goals and ambitions, really. You know, if some, someone looking to start a radio station quite often would also be interested in starting a podcast. But I think someone, there's lots of people, lots of companies now looking to start podcasts who wouldn't really have any interest in starting a radio station. I think the radio market's more music-focused, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, a radio station, you have to keep the content coming all the time, which means you yeah. know as much of production Whereas a podcast, it's kind of this intermittent thing that you just check out there when it's ready. Every Tuesday, well, do come back. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd say, I'd say, I would recommend doing it intermittently. I think you know, if you're going to do it, get into podcasting, and this is where a lot of people fall flat is they they'll release a couple of episodes and give up. I think you've got to be consistent, right, yeah. and you've got to do it according to a schedule. And if you can't commit to say recording fifty two episodes a year, well, you know, try and do it in seasons. So say, let's do you know eight or ten episodes a time have a right. month or two off and, and and but make sure that when you're releasing those eight or ten episodes you know you're doing it you know once a week or twice a month or whatever right. it might be and, and do it on the same day that you know so just build up that consistency basically no yeah brilliant i love the consistency thing because i actually got the podcast onto somebody's top podcast for 2019 but the comment about my podcast was it's really interesting just a pity he can't keep things consistent <laughs> and what because what i was doing is turning up at events i would get like 15 uh, interviews done and just think I can't spread this over 15 weeks because I've got another yeah. one next week so I just plonk it all out there and then there would be two week gap uh, and I think that was probably a mistake yeah I mean <laughs> but I think that you know being organized you don't have to record it all, all and then release it as you're recording it you know you can do it as a batch and then say right once that batch is ready to go out then just start pushing them out you know according to a schedule yeah okay that's where I went wrong jolly good right um so we've talked about social media, we've talked about pushing it on YouTube, we've talked about building your own personal brand to build your podcast and vice versa. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm actually intrigued and coming back to a question I half asked earlier on is um, h- how to get the traction on things like uh, uh, Google and Apple and Stitcher and so on and so forth, because I, I find that they don't drive very much hmm. in terms of listens. I mean, I think... It's the, the problem with these platforms is the discoverability still isn't brilliant. Um, you know, I think Google is going to solve a lot of this because their search technology is obviously going to be is better than Apple's. It's better than Spotify's. And Google is starting to transcribe automatically at podcasts. That it's, so it's, it's not it's not just like having seeing it seeing as an audio file. It's actually understanding the contents of that file. 
you know, I, I think that's what's going to change things, but still not quite there yet. You know, we're still not really seeing podcasts, reg, you know, coming up regularly in search results, you know, and again, like YouTube videos used to come up in search results more regularly and then they sort of took that off. And I think, I think that's, it, it's, it's a, it's a, a tif- difficult question to answer. You know, ultimately people will subscribe to your podcast on those platforms and then they'll get the latest episode downloaded automatically. Um, there's no yeah. harm in reminding people. I know it's a bit of a cliche and it can become a bit annoying, but there's no harm in sort of gently giving people a nudge at the end of an episode saying, if you enjoyed this, remember to hit that subscribe button. Um, oh. And, you know, again, if you, your podcast gets reviews on Apple Podcasts, that helps with the algorithms and all that kind of magic stuff too. Oh, is it magic? Algorithms are magic. Right. <laughs> Quickly, don't forget to subscribe and like and comment on this video. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm following your advice already. But in fact, sorry, we're, we're going to end on that point. I mean, the fact that Google is starting to change the game, they've got the little mm. podcast boxes, which are getting more and more visibility. They're, yep. they're pushing podcasts forwards and having a, a decent strategy, SEO strategy around your podcast becomes fundamentally important. And that mm. is why I'm so pleased. I mean, the, the experiment I talked about right at the beginning with WordLift um, building this entity-based content model is giving me a great deal of visibility around the topics, but also for the people around the names of the people who appear on the podcast. So basically, I'm now, um, how would you call it, barnacling, piggybacking on James Mulvaney. Um, so you will notice in the next couple of weeks when you search your own name, I will appear, and the yeah. image for this podcast will probably appear. And that's all down to wordless uh entity-based content model, which is ace, and it's a really good, fun experiment. Um, so brilliant stuff, James. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, you get the song at the end as well. I'll, I'm not, yeah. Goodbye to end the show. Thank <laughs> you, James. Cheers, Jason. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks, man.